0: And welcome back to Fantasy Attic Podcast. Frank's fucking. Start again,
1: start again. Start again. again. All
0: right. Have you got all
1: the news? Tight end. Not really, no. All right. Just want to do a test, testing, testing. Yeah, we're all good. You let
0: us know if it fucks up halfway. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Addict Podcast. You're on once again with Andrew. Today, we'll be talking about tight ends, our rankings versus the frankings. Uh, Remember to follow the podcast on Twitter at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. I've been grinding my dick off on Twitter. Frank, have you been seeing me? Have you seen the work I've been doing on there? How are you going?
1: Yes, firstly, I am doing well. Thank you for asking, Andrew. Um, I have been seeing all the work you've been putting in on Twitter putting out all your terrible takes, putting out, um, yeah, just some terrible content all around, but uh, I do appreciate the hard work you're putting in. Jolly, how are you doing today, mate?
2: Yeah, look, I'm alive. Uh, it's always a good start. Um, Andy, FB Addicts is the Twitter handle that you're looking for, people. man uh, has been putting out threads. Uh, every day there's a new take about something. The Raiders' backfield, uh, Armin Ra, St. Brown. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton stuff, it's all there. Um, do yourself a favour and give him a follow. Um, but, yeah, tight ends, Frank. Uh, your thought on the position?
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of one of those overlooked positions. I still think they're going to be very important for fantasy football. And, you know, if you... Getting like zero points from your tight end. Remember that year Matt Barber couldn't get like more than three points out of the tight end position for about 10 weeks in a row and he couldn't win a game. It was awesome. He was trying to stream the position every week. He was pick, picking up a new one he just could not catch a break. So I think uh, sometimes gets overlooked, but it's definitely important. Nonetheless, um, had a look at some of the consensus ranks that you guys sent to me. We're pretty close, but there's a few points of difference. And I reckon we can go through those and sort of, Flush out the position, get through it nice and quickly because, obviously, uh, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, a little bit more interesting, I will admit.
2: Yeah, I feel like this would have been a good episode for uh, Charlie. He loves tight ends. Remember, like, last episode, uh, when we were talking about our uh, ideal mock, he was uh, itching to draft a tight end in, like, round two and then again in round five. And then he liked the late tight ends. And, like, I don't know. I just can't really get involved in any of them. I don't find myself drafting... Kelsey or Andrews. I'm really not that high on Pitts or Kittle or Waller for that matter. And I don't hate some of the late round tight ends that we're going to get into. So um yeah, we'll see how we go.
1: Yeah, I think it's be a good way to figure out how we all sort of think about the position because I'm completely the opposite. I like the early round tight end, but if I don't get any any of the elite players that we'll uh we'll go through, I'll make it clear where I think the uh, tier gap is between the elite of the elite and then the you know the rest of the pack. Um, but if I miss on those guys, I'm going to punt the position as well. So if if we're ready, what we'll do before we get started into the ranks, we'll get hit on some news. Uh, it's been a pretty big week in uh, the NFL as training camps start to ramp up. Fortunately, we've had some injuries, some other news and stuff like that. I'm going to pass over to Andrew to get stuck in.
0: Yeah, well, um, I mean, we got to touch on Deshaun Watson. Uh, he originally got six week suspension. But the NFL is appealing. I don't really know when we will find out uh, what the go is with the appeal. But um, yeah, I was really excited for my Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, and all uh, my Browns stocks. And now I'm a bit uh, a bit flat about it. Joel, uh, known Deshaun Watson apologist, enthusiast,
2: lover. How you feeling, fan? Um, you know, look, I, he is my dynasty quarterback. Um, so, you know, I like to put the positive spin on it, but, um, you know, it looks like the NFL is going to push for that one year and then like indefinite suspension that they've been wanting the whole time. Um, the NFL PA will probably come back again on that and looks like we're just going to have the more of the continuous ongoing saga. So, um, you know, it's one of the, again, watch this space type of thing, but I feel like the nfl pa aren't gonna like what um comes back and it just gets a bit messier um the further we get into it um yeah i don't really have a opinion on anything never it doesn't like i don't i mean i know there has to be you know a suspension 40s done and um you know just the whole chaos that it's caused um so, and I mean, whether it's, you know, a year, eight games, six games, it's probably, you know, it is, I mean, it's such, a, it's such a weird one, isn't it? Um, But, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, it just gets messier and messier, it seems.
0: Any hot Deshaun? Um, I was about to say Deshaun Jackson. I mean, funny. Anyway, yeah, I know, my boy. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun he was always afraid. on your mind. He is always on my mind. Frank, or do you want me to move on?
1: No, I reckon we can move on. I think uh, Sean Watson's gotten enough time in the uh, the new segments in, on this podcast.
0: We will um, uh, touch on it more than we know. But, um, yeah, for my dynasty team, I hope it's only six. But for, you know, the league, it probably should be more. Um, Frank, did you see all the Miami Dolphins saga? Like, it's not really anything there, but they lost all their first-round picks. I actually want to know what Brady and Peyton did because I'm so lost on that. Yeah, entire... I
2: thought it was just because they were tanking that year to get to her. <laughs> Good move, tanking to get to her. But like, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were tanking and they got took the wrong quarterback. Justin Herbert was sitting right there. Anyway, um, from my understanding, what happened was that they were trying to obviously lure Tom Brady to the, to my, the city of Miami, Beach City, um, you know, plenty of sunshine. I don't imagine why he wouldn't want to be there. I mean, Tampa Bay is pretty similar as well. Plenty of sunshine down in Florida. Um, but I think the problem that the NFL had was that they were offering Tom Brady portion of ownership of the team once he retired. And, like, obviously, you know, first-round pick, and then I think it's a third-round pick the next year. That is a big, big punishment for the Miami Dolphins, who, you know, could be, you know, struggling on the offensive line, struggling possibly, you know, in the on the defense as well. Um, seems like a big punishment but when you think about it it really throws um, a spanner in the works when it comes to the integrity of the league because if teams can start just offering players ownership in the team it's just going to give an unfair advantage to the teams that are rich so if there's teams that have got lots of money billionaire owners things like that if they can offer you know millions and millions of dollars on top of contracts um, really just yeah takes away from the integrity of the league so I think it's a fair punishment in the end I think it has something had to be done.
0: Yeah, good call. Um, Yeah, it was just crazy. Those
2: first-round picks, they don't grow on trees.
0: No, they really don't. But uh, Matt Brabara, sucks to be you, man. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, I'll move on, Frank. My favorite player, Debo Samuel, got the bag. Um, And if you haven't seen, incentives on him getting rushing. Like if he hits a certain amount of rushing touchdown stats, I'm not really sure about it. Uh, He gets more money. So I think they'll use him more in the rushing game. It's gonna be Debo Samuel time again, Frank. Thanks for giving him to me. Um, all the way back in on Debo. Uh, any Debo takes for you two?
1: Oh, look, again, I got players fair. I got fair value. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm glad you got Debo. He's a good player. Um, but I don't understand how if you think there's incentives in his contract for rushing yards, they're gonna use him more on the ground. Wouldn't they want to pay him less?
0: No, but it's more of a. He was not uh, willing to. Be a running back if he wasn't getting paid to be one, and uh, you know that wide back. He's gonna he's gonna be that hybrid player again. Shanahan secretly loves him as much as he hates him. He loves him, and uh, Debo is. Yeah, he's in. gonna be good. But um, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, a few little uh, minor injuries. Uh, Irv Smith hand injury. Not sure he'll be back for week one. Uh, we might touch on him later in the tight end rankings. Um, James Washington. Got hurt, Frank. And Dallas, their wide receiver position, dropping like flies. Looks good for your boy, CeeDee Lamb. And maybe Dalton Schultz. We might touch on him later. But sneaky, uh, who's the rookie? Jalen Talbot.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jalen. Yeah, you had to mention him because you had him on your team. Yeah, and the guy Barbara picked up too. Apparently, he's getting first-team reps.
0: Yeah, name would be good.
2: Yeah. Well, he's that much of a – the Dallas – Wide receivers are like CD Lamb and a bunch of nobodies, and it's going to throw the ball to
1: Zeke and to Zeke and um, Pol- yeah. they're going to right. throw the ball to the running backs, they're going to throw the ball to the tight end, and CD Lamb's going to get 150 plus targets. That's why he's my wide receiver three. This isn't the wide receiver show, we need to move on, but it's just reinforces my point.
2: TJ Vasher. surely not. No way, he's
0: right. Yes, real per- That's not real. <laughs> now, Frank, I will pass uh, this this last and maybe most important news breaking thing to you. Uh, Tim Patrick's is an ending ACL. You are the Denver Bronco man, and I put on the Twitters and the Instagram. Frank's still willing to put a bet on Jerry Judy versus Scotland Sutton to anyone at any price. If you're listening and you like that, hit him up. Hit up the hit up the socials, and uh, he's willing to to bet on that. Frank, you're still on. Uh, Jerry Judy, what does this mean for Denver?
1: Oh, it's absolutely uh, still Jerry Judy season. Um, he's definitely going to outproduce Colton Sutton. I'll uh, take that take to my grave. Um, but as for Tim Patrick, yeah, really upsetting to see him go down with a season-ending ACL injury before it even begins. Um, you know, obviously, it was still a clear 1-2 for Judy and Sutton with Tim Patrick being the number three wide receiver. Um. But in terms of fantasy, I think that's just going to sort of raise possibly the ceiling on Sutton and Judy as well. I think they're both equally improved for fantasy. Um, it hurts probably Russell Wilson a little bit, but I think with the news that KJ Hamler is going to be ready for week one, I think he slides in as the wide receiver three. Very, very different players. One's, you know, the much smaller speedier player in Hamler and then Patrick's obviously a bigger body. He's a red zone weapon. Um, it could mean there's a bit more touchdown upside for Alberto and Greg Dulcich, the tight ends. Um, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of a hit to Russell Wilson. But overall, I don't think it changes the, uh, the landscape and the outlook for the offense too much. Um, you know, I don't want to disrespect Tim Patrick's game because he is a very good NFL player. But in terms of fantasy, I don't think it impacts everything that much.
0: Yeah, maybe just um, me and Sutton and Judy could both be top 20 wide receivers. You know, if it's, it's all going to them. I like KJ Hamler-Late, as you mentioned. He might be going ham la this year. Right. Yeah, I-
1: I've got him on the back end of my dynasty bench. I'm excited to see what he can do. Former second round pick. Um, plenty of talent. He's always looked good when he's on the field, but hasn't been able to stay there. So hopefully that can change. Joel, hot Denver takes?
2: Uh, Look, as someone who owns Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton in our dynasty league, um, look, we don't like injuries, but like, you know. Why have you got a smile on your face then? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm glad Tim Patrick got paid and hope he recovers well. But, yeah, I'm still, I'm I'm not smiling, but, you know, prayers up for Tim Patrick. Hope he recovers. (laughs)
0: Anyway, moving on, um, Frank. It's gonna be it's gonna be Amos versus Frank today. Uh, no, Charlemagne Burjo. Um, so the pod is running real smoothly without them too. Uh, who needs them? So, uh, Frank, run us through your first tight end or your first tier of tight ends. Let's let's get into it.
1: All right, I think that's a good way to start. Let's start with the uh, elite tier that I alluded to earlier. So I've got three tight ends in this elite tier that I would be pretty comfortable taking inside, you know, the first three rounds. Um, a couple of these, not I wouldn't take a tight end in the first round. I know some people like to take Travis Kelsey at the back of the first. That's fine by me as well. But I probably wouldn't yeah see myself doing it honestly. So being come away with one of these elite players in the first three rounds is definitely a very solid strategy. So that is number one for me is Mark Andrews. I think he's going to repeat as the number one tight end again with all those targets that have been left behind with Hollywood leaving town. Got at number two, none other than Travis Kelsey. Um, I know he could be getting there, up there in age, but until we see otherwise, he is, you know, arguably the best tight end in f- football. Um, I think that's not going to change with Tyreek Hill out of town. The target volume is still going to be huge. He's going to be absolutely elite. And then the newcomer, um, you know, arguably one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen coming to the NFL, Kyle Pitts. Um, we've got him at number three. I think, regardless of this offense, Kyle Pitts is going to be able to. Progress from what he did as a rookie. Um, He's got a new quarterback. I think Mark Samaria is going to lean on Kyle Pitts really heavily. Um, Their defense is bad. They're going to be playing catch-up. They're going to need to throw the ball. Uh, Running games poor. Offensive lines poor. Going to need to get the ball out and over the middle quickly to Kyle Pitts. So uh, those three are my top three. Guys, what did we have? What was our order of those three guys? I think we're all in agreement that's still the elite tier.
0: Yeah, we had... um... Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts three as well. Um, I'm a bit lower on Pitts than you seem to be. Burjo had him. Burjo had him at two, so Burjo's all in on Kyle Pitts. Um, Wanted me to express his opinion on Kyle Pitts. He had Kelsey, Pitts, then Andrews, but everyone else was pretty much Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts. Um, Yeah, that they're the three tight ends. I I like going Kelsey in the first or Andrews in the second or. um, I don't really like Cole Pitts. I just don't trust Atlanta or Mariota to getting the ball. Uh, I have seen a few uh, Twitter videos about Cole Pitts being a unicorn and being the man, but um, just a bit, just a bit scared. Joel, what's your take on this elite tier? Yeah, look,
2: I like Travis Kelsey at cost but I uh, maybe I don't I like Travis Kelsey but I can't imagine him drafting him at cost at the back of the first round like he'd have to get to like a spot where I can pair him with like an elite running back to want to draft him like I don't want Kelsey at 32 year old tight end to be the cornerstone of my team um but then i it can't really see. I think there's a clear gap between Kelsey and Andrews as well. Like I can't. Again, I can't really get Andrews back the second. Maybe I can get him in the third, but even then, I probably don't get him a lot. And yeah, I, I'm again with Kyle Pitts. Like I, I just don't want to draft uh, Marcus Mariota's r- like tight end. Um, even though I think he is going to be fantastic. Um, like he's still 21. Like he's going to be good, but. Um, you know, at tight end three, where he's, yeah, where you have to take Kyle Pitts to get Kyle Pitts. I, you know, don't see the upside of, you know, Marcus is probably what, maybe going to throw 20 in touchdown numbers in the 20s at best. Um, Kyle Pitts would have to catch, you know, almost 40, 50% of those touchdowns to be worth the cost. So, yeah, count me out. Um, but that is how I do have them ranked. I'd almost say the unders on 20. Well, if Kyle Pitts is if Kyle Pitts is going to have like what eight? You're going to need eight touchdowns or to eight to ten touchdowns to be, you know, a yeah. good pick. Is that's what he's going to have to catch? No, I agree. I got I got no other takes, Frank. Right? You?
1: No, I think that's a good way to uh, finish off that elite tier. And then for me, I've got another three guys that are in their own tier as well. Um, all of them still have legitimate upside. You know, finish inside the top three. But I think each of them do have some question marks as to why they can't get there. Um, at number four, I had George Kittle. I know that we also, we actually all agree on the, the order of these three. So at four, we had George Kittle. At five, we had Darren Waller. And then at six, we had Dalton Schultz. I'll start off with George Kittle. Um, arguably the one of the most talented tight ends um, in football, can do it all. But uh, I think the fact that he can do it all means that he doesn't get hyper-targeted like someone like Mark Andrews, Kelsey or Pitts. Um, and then he also, you know, he's got a bit of an injury history or it doesn't seem to play every game. He always misses some time. Even when he gets back, he's still dealing with some injuries. Um, and then that's why I've got him ranked in outside the top three, just as talented as the top three, honestly. And then at five, I had Waller, who we've seen finish as, you know, tight end two in the past. Um, and I think, you know, when he gets back to health, if he's nice and healthy for Derek Carr, this offense is going to be quite potent in the passing game. And I think they're going to be um, using Waller as well. I think they missed um, his presence last year as well. So I think he's going to be a really important piece for them. But he's an injury risk. He is a little bit older now. Wait and see if he can make a full recovery to his elite form. And then at number six, I had Dalton Schultz. Um, I think he's going to be awesome just with the fact that out of necessity, the Dallas Cowboys are going to need to throw the football He's a good target. He's um, someone who's built chemistry with Dak Prescott. We saw him finish, I believe, the tight end four last year. So having him at six could seem disrespectful, but I just don't think he's as talented as the five guys I've got ahead of him. But in an incredibly good situation, I think he's a, someone that could finish around you know that top five tight end mark. And for someone you can get a little bit later in your drafts, depends um, how you feel about your team after your first four or five picks, whether you can uh, go with one of these um, a bit more probably probably pricier tight ends if we're thinking about values and things like that compared to the wide receivers you can take in that range. But again, I do like all three of them as well.
0: Yeah, so I had... Um, uh, so the the consensus had um, Kittle four, Waller five, Schultz six. I personally had Kyle Pitts in this tier with those guys. I just have a little bit of a concern for all of these guys, which is why I can't have them with Andrews and Kelsey at the top. I think I like Schultz the most at pick 70 or wherever he, where he's going in drafts. I don't – you know, Kittle, Waller, and Pitts all have a bit of a concern. You know, Pitts playing for uh, Atlanta, I hate that. Uh, Waller, they just got Adams. You know, I don't think he's going to have the touchdown upside and the target upside that he used to have. And Kittle, I mean, I don't know. It's just – something always goes wrong for Kittle. I don't know. It's just, just my little – Thing
1: you can never quite put it all together,
0: no, and um, yeah, so I really like Dalton Schultz, especially with you know Dallas dropping like flies. Um, but yeah, all these tight ends are interesting, they'll be really good. I just, I, I personally think the first two could beat tight end three by 120 points on the year, like that's how strongly I am about the other two. Um, so I will not be getting much of these four in drafts, but they are very good options if you go there. Joel, your take?
2: I think Kittle would be my favourite if I had to pick one of these next, you know, lot of tight ends. Um, I feel like we've seen him do it before. Um, and I think, you know, Trey Lance might suck, but um, at least, you know, he's. You, we don't know. Like he, we know Jimmy Garoppolo. We know what he was, whereas we don't know about uh, Trey Lance and what he could do with Kyle, uh, with George Kittle so I think I'd happily take the risk on him rather than like a Darren Waller who we sort of you know with bringing in Adams they have Renfro um, you know it's just not he's probably gone from being the number one option a couple of years ago to now, probably, well, now the number three potentially um, Dalton Schultz I see the appeal with um, again ma- mainly that's just because of the lack of options, Dallas do have outside of Ceedee Lamb and himself, uh, and obviously have an elite quarterback with Dak Prescott. Um, I know, have we spoke? We haven't really spoken about T.J. Hopkinson yet. I don't hate him in this range. Um, I feel like Detroit is still an underrated sort of team. Would you add him to this tier? I would personally, um, but that's just me um I think before he went down last year he was having a really good season um and you know Amon Ra St. Brown ended up stealing a lot of his targets and turned out to be really relevant um that wasn't the case while TJ Hopkinson was still on the field but um yeah again I think George Kittle's my favorite just because of the unknown and the potential like you know at round five there's no way you could have got George Kittle the last couple of years whereas now you can um, And maybe he can put it all together and get back to being one of the elite tight ends, you know, um, worthy of a top three, top third, top top three round pick.
1: Gee, don't hurt yourself, Joel. You got through that one. Well Well, done. Get it out,
0: my God. Frank, who's your favorite of that lot?
1: Of that lot? um, I think I have to agree with Dalton Schultz. I think he's the the cheapest of the three. Um, and he's probably safer than uh, George Kittle and Darren Waller. Um, But, yeah, I think I I also agree with Joel's point. George Kittle, um, because we've seen him be um, pretty much the the best tight end in fantasy football at any given stage. He just hasn't been able to put together full seasons. Um, So I think if you're shooting for upside, George Kittle's a great option as well. Um, You mentioned TJ Hawkinson into that category with those three guys. I can't quite agree with that just because of the target competition. TJ Hawkinson's going to see with DeAndre Swift Ooh. out of the backfield, Armand Ra St. Brown, and then they've added DJ Chuck and Jameson Williams outside as well. So I just can't see him demanding the kind of workload that Dalton Schultz, Waller, and Kittle will probably see in their respective offences.
0: Do you have him and, at
1: seven? And probably in more efficient offences as well, but I do. TJ Hawkinson's a great talent, so I also don't want to bet against him in that sense.
0: Do you have him at seven in the frankings?
1: I do not have him at seven. I have none other than my boy, Dallas, goated at number seven. Um, I think that he's just going to continue to, you know, show the connection he's had with Jalen Hurts. I think after Zach Ertz left town, they were basically splitting um, reps. They were playing a lot of two tight end sets um, when they were both in town because I think you had to have them both on the field. They were both, they're, you know, some of their two best targets. Um, but as soon as he left town, we saw Dallas got it. Um, take over as a primary tight end Um, I think he's a really great and talented player Um, obviously AJ Brown comes to town it probably puts a bit of a ceiling on his touchdown numbers especially with Jalen Hurts and his rushing ability but I think that um, he's someone that that Jalen Hurts looks for over the middle I think they've got a really good connection I think they're going to continue to do that got him at seven purely because that touchdown upside isn't going to quite be there but I think he's someone you could finish the year with you know 60, 70 catches, and you know, 900 yards and five touchdowns. is probably going to put him somewhere around tight end six or seven. He's probably got, you know, a really safe week to week floor. I think he's someone that um, even if he doesn't score a touchdown in a given week, he's still going to give you some reasonable fantasy points where after you get past, you know, tight end six, adult and Schultz, you're really just trying to play um, touchdown bingo and see, you know, who you're going to get each week. So I think Dallas got can be a, a safe play. Got TJ Hawkinson just below him at eight. And pretty much for the reasons I mentioned, he's got a lot more target competition than I think people want to recognise. But he's also a really talented player. But at the same time, Jared Goff, we all know he sucks. So what can we do about that? Not much.
0: Yeah, see, I thought you'd be in on uh, Dallas Got It. So I, uh, I got some stats for you, Frank, because you're wrong about this. Um, Eagles, bottom eight pass offence in the league, lasting passing play percentage. AJ Brown's playing there now. Don't know if you heard this. Um, And he was only really good because uh, Zach Ertz left and it was just him and the Slim Repo, the rookie. So uh, couldn't be more out on Dallas Got It personally. Um, Joel, how do you uh,
2: sit on this? Yeah, look, I have um, Got It lower than a lot of other, actually, me and you have been the same. Yeah. So does Shalim, actually. Frank, you're just the highest on Dallas Goddard out of all of this. Um, I, I, I can see the appeal. Like, Jalen Hurts might get really good, but not only does Jalen Hurts have to be a lot, in, much improved as a passer, you're still banking on the third option in this passing offense being, you know, a great option. Um, I'd much rather draft, TJ Hawkinson. I think he's a proven commodity and I think TJ Hawkinson is at least the number two option in this passing attack, um, which potentially could be a lot more friendly than the Eagles one. Um, Detroit may be behind in a lot of games are uh, forced to throw the ball more late in games, especially. Um, and even Dawson Knox, uh, another option who is in probably the most friendliest passing attack in football Um you know, he only really has to be a number three option in that op- uh, offense to be, you know, for me to rank him above. Dallas got it. And, you know, Dawson Ox, we talk about touchdown upside. Um, you know, he could just fall into the end zone, um, you know, eight times. And, you know, that puts him, you know, in a position where he potentially could be a top five tight end, which I know Dylan Lawrence wants <laughs> over Frank uh, for their bet. Uh, you know, that's all happening there. But, you um, yeah, just not not as high on Dallas Goddard. I think you're relying on a lot of, not not luck per se, but I think you need a lot of improvement in a lot of different places for him to you know, get there for you, Frank.
1: Yeah, I can understand why, why you think that, but I just think you're getting a safer commodity. I you think your target volume is going to be there, where I think someone like, um, yeah, Hawkinson or Knox are going to have a bit more competition for targets because I think, Dallas got is the clear three between, but um, behind AJ Brown and the slim rebound, and you know, passing offense that may not be, um, you know, as potent. But I think yeah, those other teams are going to be using other weapons a bit more. Um, at number nine, I had none other than your boy Andrew Zach Ertz. Um, I think. He's someone that you want to try and you know bury in your rankings and put him a bit lower because of age and things like that and the weapons that uh, Kyler Murray's got at his disposal and the amount of rushing that he does uh, himself as well. But you've got to remember that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be um, out of town for six games. He's not going to be playing. So I think Zach Ertz is going to you know be the beneficiary of that. It's possible he can get involved in the red zone as well. I think the first six weeks are going to be really good for Zach Ertz. It's going to put him inside the top 10 to finish the season. And number nine, you guys had none other than Dawson Knox. Um, Like you mentioned, Joel, Dylan and I do have a little bet that Dawson Knox, for me, won't finish as a top five tight end. I think I'm home there. I think he should just pay me the money already. Um, got Dawson Knox a little bit lower. I'll mention that I've actually got him at tight end 11, so it's only two spots lower than you guys. So it's not a ridiculous amount. Um, I've done that because of signing of OJ Howard. I think um, he's still a talented player, someone who's taken in the first round, Um, year he was drafted. So I think we can't um, dismiss that. They were really so in on Dawson Knox and they thought he was so good. They wouldn't have paid OJ Howard all that money to come in and be a backup. Like they're going to get him involved. They're not a team that deploys two tight end or three tight end sets very often. They're going to be playing wide. They're going to have their slot receivers out there. They're going to have James Cook running around. And I think Dawson Knox just gets his role, you know, cut. I wouldn't say cut in half, but I'd say like at least going to be a 70-30 split for those tight end snaps with the uh, first team. So I think um, that's why I've got him slightly lower. Obviously, obviously the touchdown upside's there. And at number 10, I had Joel's boy, Cole Komet. I think he's going to be just about you know the clear-cut number two option for Justin Fields. So at number 10, you guys had Zach Ertz. So I think we're all relatively in a here. Um you guys do have Cole Met a little bit lower. I'll let you jump in, Joel or Andrew. Um what we think of these next sort of crop of guys.
0: Uh Joel was itching to say something, but I'll just run through our ranks just real quick, Frank. Um so yeah, we had the uh the first three, Kelsey Andrews Pitts, then the next three Kittle Wallace Schultz, then we had probably the next next five we had in a tier. So we had uh Dawson Knox, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. Cole Komet and Joel come up with the Cole Kmart nickname. Loving that. That's good. That that's sticking on the pod. And um yeah, so those those five names. TJ Hawk, Dallas Got It, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, Cole Komet. Joel, what were you gonna say? You were itching to say something.
2: Um I really wasn't, but like I can I'm happy drafting Cole Komet. Um I think at cost, he is really, really safe, as you were saying, Frank, you know, just with being the clear number two in that offense. Um, like Like, he was playable to an extent last year, but he didn't catch a touchdown all season. Like, you have to believe that the number two option in this offense has to, you know, at least fall into the end zone, you know, five times maybe. Like, you give him five extra touchdowns last season and, you know, he's really, really usable. Like, um, I think you can plug in Cole Komet um, as a week-to-week starter, draft him, you know, relatively late in drafts, um, and you'll be happy with what you get. Um, yeah, Frank, like, is this a range where you happy drafting tight ends? Like, you know, this sort of tier around, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11?
1: Yeah, I think if you've punted the position and you haven't gotten those elite guys, you found better value at the wide receiver and running back positions, you know, those mid round guys, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Hawkinson's. If you can get, you know, Ertz, Komet, Knox, um, even another couple other names are going to mention after as well, you can get them late in your draft. You get them in like round 10 plus. I think they're going to be someone that can contribute to your team. But then if you've built up talent prior to that, it's going to counteract the drop off you've got at tight end. Like you mentioned, Joel Cole Komet's going to be someone that's going to see really consistent targeted volumes. I think on a week to week basis, it's going to be someone that's really consistent. And like you said, if he can fall into the end zone five times, he's going to finish inside so like, the top 10 at the tight end position. And uh, if you, you know, getting someone late in drafts like that, that's all you can really ask for um like I said before at 11 I had Dawson Knox I think I've made my point sort of clear on why I've got him a little bit lower than most and then to round out our top 12 I've got the Muth, Pat Fryer Muth. um I think that he's a really good player and he showed a lot as a rookie you know he's finished inside the top 12 as a rookie um and to say he's only going to be 12 again I think that just comes down to firstly the quarterback play in Pittsburgh could be um Below average, I would imagine it's going to be regardless of who they go with. And then they've also just got such competition for targets, whether it's Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, whether it's all the other receivers they've got there as well, Chase Claypool. Then they've brought in George Pickens. I think that he's going to end up being someone that is going to look good in the limited snaps and the li- not limited snaps, going to be good in the limited looks that he gets, but it does just knock me in for them to catapult him inside the top 10 for me. Um, I know you guys also had Pat Fryer move to 12 as well. we you in a grand, Sarah? it's a bit of a, just a target competition problem.
0: Yeah, um, but I'd, I'd much rather uh, Cole commit. Um, it was a bit of a bit of a drop-off for me after Cole commit, to be honest. Um, I think that's the stage of the draft where I'm really just waiting for the last pick and getting someone, which we'll mention after this. But uh, circling back to Cole commit... Um, you know, I'm I'm really all in on Cole Komet late if I don't get the first two. So if I, My tight end strategy is Andrews Kelsey. If I don't get them, I'm drafting Zach Ertz or Cole Komet. Just love those two. Um, Frank, here's a here's a little nugget for you. Um, the tight end one through seven in targets finished as the tight end one through seven in fantasy points. Cole comet was eight in the in targets for tight ends. So um he, would, he broke the trend and didn't finish at eight. But that was because of what Joel said last year, touchdowns. So if he gets some touchdowns, he's going to finish higher up. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm all in on Cole cold commit. And, um, yeah, I don't really have any hot um, Pat Frymuth takes. But, um yeah, I think he'll be solid. There's just a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, will we'll, uh, Joel, do you have any Pat Moot takes?
2: Yeah, look, um, I'm with Frank. Uh, he put it politely with the quarterback play being uh, below average. I think it has the potential to be really, really bad. Um, and even if you know Mitchell Trubisky does, you know, actually show something, um, there's still so many players that I think catch passes ahead of Frymuth, and you're going to be—he's just one. He's another quarter. He's another tight end that's just going to be if he catches a tight end uh, catches a touchdown you're going to want to have him in your line-up. And if he doesn't, you know, you're looking at pretty low um, score. Um, circling back to Zach Ertz, um, I have I, I just can't get there on Zach Ertz. I just think he's just old, slow. He might catch a lot of passes, but, like, I just – I don't know. It just seems gross. He's a get, – get six weeks out of him and then sell high. Don't mind. Frank, Zach Ertz. Gross or not gross? I
1: don't think he's gross. I think the first six weeks, if you take him, if you take him um, ten week, sorry, ten rounds um, plus in your draft, you've got him for almost free. Um, you're not having to invest significant value into position. You're going to get six good weeks out of him, and then you're hoping in the first six weeks you can find the next breakout tight end, or you can hit the waiver wire, make a trade. Um, and replace the production. I think um, Zach Ertz is a fine pick. I think he's going to finish inside the top ten. I've got him at nine, Joel. So um, you're not going to convince me otherwise.
2: Yeah, I just can't imagine getting there on Zach Ertz. I think it'd like gross me out if I had him and watching him like catch six yard passes and then falling over like, oh, just pain me to watch it. But going back to what Andrew said, Cole uh, Kmart. Uh, almost wanted to say Komet, Um love him just love him at cost um think it's a uh, you know him and irv smith are the two that i was really excited to draft late in drafts but with the irv smith hand injury like it just re- oh, the thumb injury it's just really off-putting um he probably you know for a guy who was injured all of last year I, the last thing you need is another injury in training camp like it's just it's such a big ask now for him to you know be fantasy you know are you you want a top ten tight end if you're gonna even bother having them rostered, because um, the position's really streamable unless you have one of those top ten. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be tough to see him getting there, which is is a shame because I really thought he could be, you know, could be a breakout along with Cole Kmart. But um, yeah, any anything else to add, tight ends, Andrew? Um, I'll just run run us through some uh,
0: players' names beyond this point, Frank. Um, are you ready for this, you two? Um, so I'm just going off underdog ADP. Um, we've touched on we were in on Irv Smith, but that thumb thing. All right, uh, Gasecki. Yes, no.
1: Absolutely not. Um, not a not a fan of Mike Gasecki. I think a uh, little bit of an overrated talent personally. Um, you know, he's good at one thing, and it's catching an eight-yard pass from Tua because he's the only guy that was on the roster. Yeah, they've got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't want Mike Geseki. There's no touchdown upside there with
2: Tura quarterback. Um, completely out on Geseki. Yeah, he sucked even when Tyreek wasn't there. Pass. Hunter Henry. Yeah, I don't hate Hunter Henry. I think he's a solid
1: player, but I don't know if Mac Jones is going to throw enough touchdowns or where. Actually, I don't want to say if mac jones can throw enough touchdowns i want to say if bill belichick lets mac jones throw enough touchdowns so i know the hunter henry caught a bunch of touchdowns last year i believe it was double digits and that catapulted him as a i think he finished his tight end eight to six or something along those lines based purely on touchdowns um it can definitely happen again but being, trying to predict that is just the reason why you got to have him lower
2: than a lot of these other guys Yeah, he's another uh, – if you're playing, you have to get a touchdown out of him or he's going to be useless kind of guy. And I mean, as much as, you know, in a good matchup, it's good to have those players, but, like, you know, it's just not – it doesn't feel sustainable. It feels like it could get gross quickly.
0: And I'll just uh, run through five names, Frank, and you tell me your favourite, and then, Joel, you tell me yours. Uh, Albert O, Gerald Everett, David and Joku. Big Robbie Tonian, Tyler Higbeast, uh, Noah Fant. And I think I'll stop there. Oh Brevin Jordan. Oh, that's my guy. Uh, I'll, I'll throw him out there. I like him at the Texans. But uh Frank, of those names. Or, or one of your one of your own, who's your favorite?
1: can i only pick one uh if i can only choose one it's got to be bobby tonyan we saw him finish as the tight end three when he caught i think he caught 12 touchdowns from aaron Rodgers. um i know health is a bit of a question mark still coming off that acl but if he's healthy and ready for week one i mean he could just come out and catch 12 touchdowns and be a top five tight end like aaron Rodgers is just that good so you know, if you're getting someone so late in your draft like that you want to shoot for upside you don't want to Spend a late-round pick and roster someone for your whole season and then have them finish as the tight end 13. Does your team no good?
2: Yeah, is Tonyan dead? Like, what's the go there? Like, he just fell off the face of the planet.
0: Yeah, I don't really know. But if he's if he's healthy majority of the year, I like him. But um, who's your player, Joel? Which which late tight end?
2: Oh, well, I, I actually agreed with Frank. Like, Tonyan would be – he clearly has the – highest upside out of those players um, especially now that Najoku likely doesn't get Deshaun Watson um, for you know he at best he gets him for like maybe the last five games and even then like you're already probably out of the playoffs if you have him because you've got bugger all production before then um, Albert O, maybe with the news of Tim Patrick, gets a little bit of a bump up. But, um, but I mean, even then, like, you're still – it's the upside isn't there like it is with Tanyan if Tonyan is healthy with the depleted Green Bay Packer um, receivers. Um, post Devonte Adams, I think that might be the way to go and pray for a bit of um, – you know, injury, luck, that it's not as bad as it may seem, and you, like Frank said, get a lot of touchdowns. At least, you know, if you're playing touchdown luck with um, Tonya and you got Aaron Rodgers on your side, which that's never really a bad thing.
0: Kind of like Gerald Everett at the Chargers. You know, I don't don't hate that kind of move, but uh, Frank giving me a real squinty face, kind of get out of here kind of thing. You hate Gerald Everett, do you?
1: Yeah, Andrew, that's gross. They've got about eight tight ends there. They've got Trey Kinney, they've got Donald Parham, and then Gerald Everett, who's been awful. Like, he had – Gerald Everett was, like, the only guy in Seattle the last, what seems like, three years or two years or whatever it was. And then he was in L.A. He had every opportunity to be the guy there, and he's just never taken the chance to beat anything. So, Gerald Everett, give me a break. Don't want to hear it.
0: Uh, well, that's probably the portion of the pod where we stop talking because – Gerald Everett. Yeah, tight ends are getting gross. All right, Frank, uh, favourite fruit. Here we go. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, yeah, you go first, Frank.
1: Well, for favourite fruit, there is only one correct answer, um, and I don't want to hear any others. And, you know, if anyone in the comments section um, of our Instagram post or we post this uh, podcast wants to say otherwise, that, that – that comment will be swiftly removed. Any replies on Twitter giving a different answer to this will be swiftly removed. Um, it's the mango. Um, it's got to be most delicious. You got to work for it a little bit, um, but you know what they say, everything, good things in life come to those, who, you know, work hard. You got to get in there. You got to, you got to get a bit dirty as well. You know, when you got the pip, it's huge. You're eating on it. You've basically, you've earned the deliciousness that is the mango. So um, it's, in a tier all by itself. Um, I think, does that answer your question, Andrew? I think I got there.
0: No, nah, like, good answer. Mangoes are nice. Um, yeah,
2: it's it's hard to disagree with the mango being nice, but the real, uh, like, the inconvenience. Yeah, it's Inconvenience. Just, it's like, too hard. It's yeah. such a bad one to eat, you know? Like, it's awkward. Like, it's 20 minutes of your day eating a mango. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm going to chime in. Give me the banana, um... You get the versatility of a banana. You can put it in your smoothie, your milkshake. tastes delicious. You can have it by itself. It's nice. Um, unlike the mango, takes you about two seconds to peel it, and about five bites, and you've got your you know your potassium in for the day. Um, you know, it, it's del- you get a good one, and they're beautiful too. Just like not not like green, but just starting to not be green, and they're beautiful. The humble banana, underrated somehow.
0: I'll have to agree. Uh, bananas, good fuel for runners. Shout out running. Um, but the most delicious fruit is a pineapple for mine. But it is very hard. You know, you you know, it's really hard to messy. Yeah, I don't even know how they cut it for you. But um, if it's if it's already made there, pineapple 101. If not, if you have to start from scratch, bananas and apples for mine. But uh, thanks for playing, Frank. Um, yeah. Any any other takes?
1: Uh, no no other takes um by going with banana and apple i think it's clear that you two don't like anything other than the most basic um fruits you can come across but i'll uh, i'll let it slide we'll finish off the pod want to thank all the listeners for tuning in i want to thank ol and andrew for joining me here um charlie and birjo complete waste of space who needs them um we're fine without you
2: love it great yeah. call yeah great andy Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next time. Andrew, hit the outro. Um,
0: yeah. See yous. Love you. Bye.